Support for Great Minds is provided by The Wine Store, located at 1200 Central Avenue in Naples. The Wine Store offers a unique selection of wines from small production, artisan, and family-owned wineries. Their in-store wine education center hosts classes for the novice and connoisseur alike. Details are at thewinestorenaples.com. Hello and welcome to a quarantined version of Great Minds, a wine-centric podcast where two wine-loving friends take a look at what is beyond the glass. We look at the people that make it happen, the history, and the culture behind what's in that glass. I'm Julie Glenn. We also look at the current times. I'm Gina Birch, and the current times, of course, being coronavirus. We've shifted our work operations, including the podcast production, from the studio to our home offices, like so many of you listening have done or had to do with your work. And, you know, I do a lot of home from work already. I'm sure, Julie, I'm guessing the shift for you is a little bit more dramatic. Yeah, everything takes four times as long as it's supposed to. Right. (laughs) Every Zoom meeting features my daughter walking in the background and or my dog barking at a squirrel outside, (laughs) which is awesome. So if you hear those jingle bells, it's because he's still wearing Mm -hmm. his jingle bell collar. So you might hear that in the background. But um, yeah, it's a, a big difference. But you know, once you get going, you can kind of you can work it out. So, how does wine kind of fit into the shifting of the times for you? Virtual or just uh, consumption on a regular basis? Well, uh, I hoarded ahead of time. <laughs> um, I've got to be honest and uh, forget toilet paper. You got the for wine. me. It was getting my wine set up and being okay. Not that you know. It's just you don't want to have to take a trip out. You know, no. and for wine of all things. You know, you might as well just get what you know you like. and But there are a lot of people that are shipping, too. So That's what's cool. There's a lot of silver linings with this. And, you know, uh, you and I had the opportunity to sit down with a winemaker from Bodega Lan last year in Miami. And I think it was, it was either her first time in the U.S. or first time in Miami, at least. And we tasted through amazing wines, a lot of them. And uh, we featured her in a previous podcast, if you want to go back and listen to it. It's really cool. But we did not get to taste what they call the crown jewel, and it's Coleman. It's 80% Tempranillo. Well, uh, I kept in touch with some of the folks and they shipped me a bottle and we did a virtual tasting. This wine was amazing. It's spicy and smoky and has lots of big dark fruit. It's Coleman, C-U-L-M-E-N, I'm sure. From Bodega Slam. It's pronounced a little differently, but so I did a virtual tasting with them three or four weeks ago. Uh, along with some of the wine folks and uh, journalists from all over the the country and even the world. And it was so much fun. It was my first exposure to one of these uh, virtual tasting on a scale like this. And I loved it. I loved seeing everybody. I loved talking about the wine as it opened. And I've been on a few of them since then. That is so cool that they're doing that. Yeah. I love it. I've done wine drinkings virtually. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But actual tastings that are guided and things, I have not done that. Right. But it seems like a lot of wineries have jumped on the virtual bandwagon in some form or another. Yeah, you know, there's one that I hadn't heard of before, but I got a press release about it called Tarpon Cellars in California. And they're doing tastings with a winemaker that includes acoustic acoustic music. So what you do is you go in and you buy the, the packet, the wine tasting packet the combo and it's over the course of a, of a couple of weeks and they taste one wine each time and then uh, that they have different music that accompanies it and they give you free shipping if you buy 
the whole thing. And I know William Chris is a winery in the Texas Hill Country. I visited that one of my many years ago, and I, it was really cool to see that. They're doing something similar, and they're doing Facebook Live tastings. And you order, again, that virtual tasting pack of the wines, and you join in. Cake Bread Cellars is one that uh, is very well known. They have also a virtual cooking class. Which a lot of people need. Yes. A lot of people are finding themselves <laughs> looking at their unused, beautiful stoves yeah. or whatever and going, I don't really know what to do with all these things. Totally. I mean, there's so many different ways to go with this. But what I like about what Cake Bread's doing is say, say you and I decide we're going to order their... Uh, their little at-home pack, their, their virtual tasting. And then we can coordinate a live video chat with a wine educator. So we can just be the two of us or someone else, and we open all the wines together. We order the same wines. We open them. We talk about them with that one person. So it's not like a big, huge um, international community, which is kind of cool about that. That is fun. Yeah. So some wineries are also suspending or reducing shipping costs. Yes. Which is nice because it's not cheap to ship wine. No, no, it's not. And the fact that they're doing that is making it easier for a lot of us to um, try th try new things and um, to branch out of 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 what same we, old same old same old same old and uh, e even join a club or get some of these wines that are sometimes only allocated to restaurants. That yeah. Now they need, the restaurants are closed, so what are they going to do with all of this wine? They're going to, we're going to reap the benefit in some cases with some wineries. Yeah, some wineries that only make like, I don't know, like 20 cases of rosé yeah. that nobody can oh get, but goodness. every sommelier is losing their mind over. Can I just tell you, I had the Ellers rosé yesterday and it was uh, so Cabernet and Cab Franc. Oh my gosh, I about lost my mind. It was so good. Well, their Sauvignon Blanc is the bomb. Oh. But I, well, all their wine is really good. Yeah. But yeah, that rosé, I can't even imagine how good that was. Oh my was. goodness. But I mean, that's not something that's going to be out on shelves ever i mean mm, and this mm. is you know if you like a winery if you've been kind of like a fan of their cab or whatever now might be the time to join their wine club because then you can try all their other stuff that they have right exactly and we've all got nothing but time on our hands and, and so many like you mentioned are are delivering free there's a lot of shifting going on nationwide with how people are getting wine and you know that is one of the silver linings we always i hate to use it overuse that term but that's what we all have to look for when you know, our life has been turned when upside down. When things are down. stinky. Yeah. And Wine America has come out with some really interesting statistics. Um, they, they, Their fingers have gone into the economies of a lot of the, the states around and the regulations. And I know that, uh, like, say, Kentucky, for example, um, they've never allowed direct-to-consumer shipment of wine and beer and spirits. Mm -hmm. You know, I know in Florida, where we live, we fought for that for a long time, and we were finally able to have it. And it's it's so nice. And it was a, a battle between the distribution companies uh, where we're going to get our money, where it's going to be taking away. But... It's that what I think about as direct to consumer is the rising of the tide of salt boats. You know, if I can get something that I couldn't get, now I'm going to maybe go back into the retailers and try to find something similar. Sometimes anyway, you don't want to wait, you know, exactly. for it to arrive exactly. at your doorstep. So that whole three tier uh, mm -hmm. situation has been kicked to the curb a little bit in certain places. Um, you got five states now allowing direct to consumer of spirits, eight of beer and wine, and the rest just wine. Texas allows groceries and alcohol to be shipped on the same truck now which apparently they couldn't before. They also allow restaurants to include wine and other alcoholic beverages with takeout meals, as does Virginia. And Florida. We're allowing that as yeah. well. And and also in the state of Florida, allowing uh, cocktails. I know. I, I, can go, I can go into Chili's and drive up and get El Presidente Margarita to go <laughs> home with me. <laughs> can I get that in a to-go cup? Yeah, please. 
I've always wanted to ask Well, New Orleans that. has done that forever. Did you ever go yeah. there? And like, Isn't that like a thing in Key West, too? Yeah. Just do the drive through thing, and I'm going to get a hurricane and a plastic glass, and I'm just going to go to my Mardi Gras parade, and I'm just going to yeah, keep Yeah, New Orleans has done that forever. Of course, in certain spots, New Orleans kind of smells oh, like barf. So yeah, not anymore. There's a trade-off on that. Yeah, true. Uh, well, I guess it depends on the day and what street you're right. on. Right. Just Virginia is allowing some takeout meals, which is or or or, or, or uh, wine delivery with mm-hmm. takeout meals, which you know as a Commonwealth there are all kinds of different regulations with that. And New York's offering um, restaurants and bars to sell wine for off-premise consumption. Uh, a lot of them are doing curbside service and and home delivery as well. So that's you know been a nice change. And then you go the other direction, you got Pennsylvania, which shut down its government-controlled stores. Oh my gosh, I would go nuts if I was in Pennsylvania. Talk about hoarding. Yeah. And then uh, they had the creation of the PLCB website, which crashed and burned, (laughs) followed by Pennsylvanians sourcing their wines from out of state, which Mm -hmm. ended up in the long, I mean, very short run, actually, decreasing tax revenues for the state, which is why they took control of it in the first place. So that kind of backfired. So I guess, you know, the takeaway from some of this uh, legislatively and legalistically is uh, I think the wine industry as a whole is hoping that some of these loosening regulations will continue mm-hmm. after the coronavirus to allow people like you and me and everyone listening who loves wine to be able to have greater access to these wines. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you and I aren't the only ones that kind of hoarded down on the uh, wine. <laughs> Here's some great statistics that you collected. So I'm just going to go ahead and read okay. them and take the credit. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. So nationwide, the beverage alcohol sector supported more than 5.4 million jobs and generated over $562 billion in economic activity in 2018. And every state gets a piece of that. Nielsen is a source of current comprehensive detailed information and insightful commentary about what's happening in massive off-premise trade channels like grocery stores. Um, they share all that information. Uh, now that March is totally over, Nielsen's analysis of that month, month, including the week ending April 4th, it shows us what the effects of this COVID-19 crisis has had on consumer behavior and purchases. Yeah, so in the off-premise sector, there's good news. Um, So most of the recent week compared to the same week in 2019, sales were up 32% about three times the increase for regular consumer goods. So that's that's kind so of a big deal. Overall consumption increased on all kinds of things by 11%, but wine went up by 32%. 32%, yes. Ugh. And also during March, 12% more households bought wine than in 2019. They made more trips to the grocery store and they spent 15% more on wine. So that's a potential increase of the wine consumer base is going to have a huge impact if it continues beyond, the, again, like we said, the current crisis. So people are going for better wines, too, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, they're spending about 2% more for their wine. Uh, it's not a huge percentage, but it means, like, instead of getting, like, you know, a $10 wine, you're getting a $12 wine. Or... You know, it, it all adds up, and the sales via e-commerce were uh, a whopping, get this, ready? 441% or 10 times more uh, than for all consumer goods. So it's... It's a it's a huge increase in that, so it's a good shot in the arm in one respect for the wine industry. Mm-hmm. So sobering it up, though, to make up for the massive sales losses because of closed restaurants, off-premise sales would have to increase by twenty two percent. The good news: wine increased by thirty percent in off-premise channels. Right. So, so as long as you have a winery that has a good balance of both. You know, because then it all goes back to your business model, right? If you're all... Uh, if all Restaurant your, only, guys. Yeah, then, then you now. could be hurting. But if you've got a nice a balance of your wine club and your all of these other things, then 
You should so, be doing okay. So what state did best? Um, Washington State, interest, interestingly enough, it led uh, both the direct-to-consumer growth uh, with shipments of Washington wines jumped 65% uh, in terms of shipments. Again, this is according to... Um, Nielsen, right? Yes, uh, mm-hmm. to Nielsen. Um, from anywhere within... So, so um, that's... A, a pretty big jump for Washington. It's kind of cool for Washington. Yeah, Washington. It is. I mean, you know, we always hear about California, which does not stink, obviously. There's no. a reason we hear about California. Right. They make a lot of wine and make a lot of good wine. But, I mean, go Washington, you know? You know, we were you, we were talking about all, all of these sales and some of the uh, virtual tastings we went on. I was on one this week with somebody from Wine.com, an executive from Wine.com, and they were talking about the exponential increase and sales that they are having as well, um, and their business model, they've had to ship or, or shift because they don't have a lot of the stuff in stock. Mm-hmm. You know, they put something on the website and you buy it, then they have to broker it. They're kind of like a broker. They do. They, and they have to come and get it. And mm-hmm. um, so they've been uh, overwhelmed a little bit as well from people. And the good thing about that is it's not just domestic. They get stuff from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. But anyway, uh, of course, we always... Um, promote buying from your local um, small business and, and, and wine small boutique stores first and foremost they're, they're people we all talk about supporting small business and we, we want to do that when we can we're lucky where we live because we have a lot of small wine shops here mm-hmm. and I know that a lot of them have been very active in putting together sales these are people that know your palate usually mm-hmm. so that you can just call them up and be like hey it's Julie could you put together six whites for me and six reds and they'll deliver it to you they'll have mm-hmm. it ready for you they bring it out to your car and they know your palate anyway so they'll probably get the ones that they know that you're gonna like or you say I've got $200 to spend and I've got and I'm cooking out I'm grilling out I'm making this and they can mm-hmm. tailor a like you said a, a to-go box just for you so so I mean it is it's a tough time for everyone um, nobody's skating through this unscathed however the wine industry seems to they're working around it as long as you're diversified and where you have your wines distributed as a winery you're probably going to do fine and as far as direct to consumer that's really picked up and then e-commerce 441 percent increase yeah seriously and i love being able to order these wines that i can't get and i have to pay shipping (laughs) (laughs) cha-ching And it's really not that bad of a time to ship stuff, too. It's no. not too incredibly hot where everything's going to get cooked on the way. Yeah. So that's always good that's news. Something to consider. All right. All Love right. it. Well, Great Minds is usually produced at WGCU Studios on FGCU campus in Fort Myers, Florida. But today it's being produced in Julie and Gina's home <laughs> office. Our producers for online media are Anna Bejarano and Tara Calligan. Technical production is by Mike Canary. Great Minds theme music for Zante is by Colin Mannon. To get in touch, check greatminds.org or call the Grapeline and ask a wine question that we can address on a future show. That number is 707. I always want to skip the area code. No. 200-3632. Thanks for listening. 